Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports, episode number 223. Welcome. I'm Mark Hebsher here in the Little Italy studio, along with Toronto Mike at the Mothership in New Toronto. There he is, wave. What are you, Darren Detition with that? <laughs> I noticed that whenever they come back, you know, the sooner, here we are, Darren and Jen, he, he gives that sort of, it's like the Queen's wave. Right? And then at the end, yeah, one of those. <laughs> anyway, um, that's right. You're at the Mothership in New Toronto. Correct. Uh, nice to have everybody along for this edition. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The numbers are rising. Even though a viewing of sports is down 25% over the last year, the year of the coronavirus, uh, the listenership to this podcast and viewership on the various video platforms has increased 61%. Wow. Now, does that mean I'm I'm hoping for another year of pandem- pandemia? <laughs> Let's no. cross our fingers. Are you going to put out a press release? Because <laughs> that's what Rogers and Bell do when they have 61% increases. They put out a press release. I know. And then they try. one tries to claim that they are we're Canada's number one sports network. No, you're not. We are. No, you're not. We are. No, we've got Chris Cuthbert. We are. Oh, yeah, well, we've got Gordon Miller and Ray Farrow, so we are. Oh, yeah, well, we got Sportsnet, but we got Sportsnet. All right. Today on the show, the Leafs win a thriller in overtime over the pesky Jets. What network broadcast the game last night? What network broadcast the Leafs game last night? The answer later. The Raptors lose a heartbreaker while missing three of their uh, starters. What network broadcast that game last night? And did the other network, when they did their highlight packages, did they include any of the audio from the rival network's telecast? We'll talk about that later, too. <laughs> the Blue Jays win a game that was actually televised from spring training. What network televised the Blue Jays game from spring training? Wasn't Rogers. Uh, Bob McCowan back on radio? Hmm. Oh, sort of. <laughs> what do we think of the new show, Tim and Friends? And what do we think of Sid Sixero on breakfast television? Wow. Have you been watching, listening? Have you? Are you interested? Let's put it this way. Uh, Tim and Friends will not be a simulcast for much longer. Trust me on this, folks. Doesn't work for both media. Chris Cuthbert and Ray Ferraro both approached Rogers when they signed that massive billion-dollar deal with the NHL. Both were rejected. Rejected! Cuthbert, Ferraro, sorry, you guys aren't in the mix. Sorry. Who was making the decisions at that time? Oh, wait, that's right. The same people that hired Dean Plundell. <laughs> anyway. Um, and the NHL signs a deal with ESPN ABC. It's big. It's a big deal. What does it mean for us? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> nothing. For the Americans, woohoo, Sports Center. Let's do hockey highlights because we've got hockey again. Let's do hockey stories. Let's get hockey in the mainstream. And by the way, how much do you think it costs to buy a 30-second commercial on Toronto Sports Radio, on one of the most popular shows in Toronto Sports Radio, what does a 30-second commercial cost? If you wanted to buy a commercial, and you called them up and said, hi, I'd like to buy a commercial on this show. Right. How much would it cost me? You know, this is a jam-packed episode, Hebsey. Are you sure we can it's do this in uh, under three hours? Let's get rocking here. Holy smokes. You've got this thing about time. No, it's not about time. It's about Whereas if ca- people, when calendar. they're listening to the podcast, are going, wait a minute, isn't this podcast supposed to be over by now? I've been running for 45 minutes, and they're still talking about interesting stuff. That's what we do on this show. Right. That's what we do. Right. So the Maple Leafs get a wake-up call this week, Right. Fresh off a sweep of Edmonton, feeling pretty good about themselves. 
Austin Matthews' wrist is bothering him, but not that much. And then they stumble in Vancouver for a couple games. Then they get their heads handed to them by Winnipeg on Tuesday. Winnipeg! Suddenly, their huge lead in the Gord Downey division had shrunk to just five points over the Jets, with Winnipeg holding two games in hand. So a dramatic game last night. And Connor Hellebuck, the Vesna Trophy winner from a couple years ago, made like Johnny Bauer in his prime. The China Wall, they used to call Bauer. You couldn't get anything past him, through him, over him, around him. Well, that was Hellebuck last night, stopping breakaway after breakaway after. He's going right in a goal. Was saved by Hellebuck. He's going right. Like breakaway after breakaway. It was like watching, I don't know, like Winnipeg's defense was like, well, go ahead. You're not going to score on Hellebuck. We don't care if we give up five breakaways. And it looked like, you know, a pretty good strategy by Paul Maurice and the Jets. Let the Leafs tire themselves out trying to score on Hellebuck. You know, kind of like Muhammad Ali with a rope-a-dope. Right. We'll just let them keep hitting, 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 and they won't be able to produce any points. No goals. So the Jets led 2-1 after two periods. The announcers made sure they told us that Toronto had yet to come back and win when trailing after two this season. Now, when I worked in hockey, when I was doing the games, you'd get these stat sheets. And the first thing you'd look at is, after two periods, what's their record after two periods? And generally, the record was the team that was trailing when they trailed after two periods, their record was like 147 and two right. or zero 15 and two. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wasn't much of a chance. So they point out the fact that the Leafs trailing after two periods, which wasn't often this year, maybe six or seven times that they had never won. And I said, as soon as they said it, I said, I said to my girlfriend, the Leafs are going to win. <laughs> no. And Hellebuck with another save and Hellebuck with another save and Nylander with 65 chances and Hellebuck Nylander and they, off the post, off the crossbar, incredible saves. Hellebuck appearing to be a fortress on his own. And the Jets still leading 2 one. The Leafs are snake bit. But then after 53 glorious scoring chances, William Nylander, part of the time goal, six and a half minutes into the third. We're tied. Then Supi Mikheyev gave the Leafs the lead in the 13th minute, only to have Paul Stasny tie it up with the Winnipeg net empty, and we go to overtime. Ooh. What a game. Best game I've seen all year. Playoff-style hockey. Now, up to that point, the game was tremendous, exciting, end-to-end. -end. But in overtime, three-on-three, -three, sore wrist and all, Austin Matthews with... Should I say sublime? Yes. I don't think I've seen a move like that before. I probably have. But not in overtime, not going top shelf where they keep the peanut butter. With the, I didn't even know he backhanded that puck. I didn't know how he did it. But he did it so quickly. Unbelievable. That when that puck went in the net, I went, why am I not surprised Austin Matthews? Why he, This guy does not surprise me. He can do everything. 21 goals on the year, most in the National Hockey League. Leafs four, Jets three, bye. Now the lead is six. Uh, Jets have two games in hand. The two teams play again tomorrow, the rubber match of the three-game series. I kind of like hockey being like baseball. You go into town, you got a three-game series against these guys. Yeah, why not? You win the opener, they come back in the second. Now you got the rubber match. Cut down on your uh, carbon footprint, uh, less flying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Edmonton Oilers, by the way, are tied with the Jets in second place. They've played 28 games, same as the Leafs. Jets have played 26. So it's exciting, Mike. No. I'm excited about it. No doubt. Although, I, I, are, you, are you tired yet of playing the same teams over and over again? Mm -mm. I'm not. If that's the way the schedule is going to be, and we're not going to see another team, and by the way, that's a whole other story. After the first two rounds of the playoffs, which Canadian team goes where? Will there be 
um, borders to be crossed and will they be open by then? Well, the, the well there has make to this be up as they go along. <laughs> well, someone's crossing a border after or that. does the Canadian team, when they go into the United States have to stay there and play the rest of the playoffs in at a neutral site, which would just be terrible. Whether it's an empty rink or not, and there's no fans, you got to be at home. You've been playing at home all season long. Now you're going to the playoffs and you're going to be in a hotel for three, four weeks. I don't like that. That's something mm. they're going to have to deal with down the line. That's another, another problem down the line. So great game last night and same two tomorrow in the rubber match. And I found it interesting after the game, Mike, because I see what I like to do is I like to watch the game. And then if there's another game on, like the Raptors run at the same time as the Leafs, so I got to watch the end of that. But afterwards, the sports casts are always the same. It doesn't matter if it's TSN or Sportsnet. Game is over. Let's go, you know, Gord Miller or whatever. Was Let's go to sports, uh, to sports desk. No, what's it called? Uh, sports Center. Sports Center. I'm sorry. Let's go to Sports Center, you know, uh, Dutchie and Jen. And they, hey, everybody. And boom. And then right back, you know, right to the highlights, right back to the rink to recap what we had just seen. You know, the game you just saw, that goal that you just saw. Here it right. is again. Thinking, I don't know what it is that people just tuned in right at that time. They didn't see any of the previous three hours of hockey. No. They just tuned in at 947. <laughs> don't, Welcome. Don't you think it's about, you know, the audience loves Maple Leaf hockey. So serve them up a, a dish of what they love before you give them the rest of the meal. Like you have, a, you have an audience that you know you for like a, a fact. I know, but this audience, you know for a fact, loves leaves hockey. Show them the Austin Matthews goal a few more times before you tell the rest of the night story. Breaking news: <laughs> Sheldon Keefe's press conference. Let's go live, and and probably it wasn't live. They just recorded it off the feed and said, "Okay, right. we got Sheldon saying, you know, here answering three questions, and then back to the desk, and then back to the experts, and then." Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Hey, quick, really good question. Uh, this is we're live, of course, on YouTube and Facebook. And there's a great question from Brian who says, "Who?" He's asking straight up, and I have the same question because because I know you watch, but I sure don't. Who's watching this, these sports centers and sports casts anymore? Brian hasn't watched them since Sportsline. Now I can't go. I've watched them since then, but I sure don't watch them anymore. But who is watching these uh, sports highlight have... package? Okay, okay. The only problem I have is I want to know that it's on at the same time. I still, I'm a time, okay, it's 11 p.m. on a weeknight. I mean, Sports Center or Sports Central has got to be on mm. at 11. And a lot of times it's not. You know, all four Sportsnet channels are running a hockey game or something. And uh, TSN has already done their Sports Center at 10 or 9.47 and then redone another version for the viewers of the Montreal-Calgary game later. And this is the problem that I have. I, I, I think that if you're a TV viewer and it's appointment viewing, you know, 1130 every weeknight was sports line. I know that was back then, but 11 o'clock every night was sports desk was a TSN sports cast. And then I'm pretty sure as I recall, cause I worked at Sportsnet years ago, there was a top of the hour sports cast at 11 o'clock. And if the game was on another channel, you could get that sports cast on Sportsnet 1 or Sportsnet 360 or whatever it was. I think if you're going to serve your audience, you've got to have that. But obviously, time means nothing to these people. It's like you're going to pick up the information when you want to on your device at your on-demand, basically. Right, right. But still, I kind of like the idea. You know, the news at 11 or the sports cast at 11 o'clock. Great. Hey, but do you now, still get it? Gotta... As soon as the game is over, they want you to watch their sports cast now. We don't want you to stick around till 11. 
It's right. nine forty-seven. The Leaf game's over. Stay with us, Pepsi man. Do you we still get? Yo, know, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, do, do they? Do you still get a newspaper delivered in the morning? No. Okay. Just curious. I don't. I miss it though. I do miss that having a coffee, sitting down with the newspaper, opening up to the sports section. But there are no sports sections anymore, except for the Toronto Sun. There really isn't a sports section. But I kind of tell you, I would have loved it back in the day. If I'm reading Milt Donnell and Dave Perkins or Jim Proudfoot, and they're going, okay, later, we're going to be on the podcast to talk about, wow, really? Right. That would be great. Because <laughs> once the column is over, like, I want more. I got to wait till the next day for his next column. But if you're on a round table, you're on a podcast later. Beautiful. Now you can expound on that. Well, I wrote the article today, but what I didn't, you know, what my editor took out, let me tell you what really happened. Right. Expound on that. Give me long form stuff. So I'm watching the broadcast last night and I find it interesting on the late night edition of Sportsnet Central. Okay. That's on Rogers. They strip the audio from the TSN hockey broadcast. They take it all out with Gordon Miller calling the play by play and Ray Ferraro doing the color. And they replace it on their highlight package with the voice of Joe Bowen, who called the game on Rogers owned fan 590 radio. Right. So rather than give TS entity credit or saying, you know, here's the call by Gordon Miller, God forbid, because Gordon Miller works for TSN. You're going to say to your producers, all right, here's what we need. We need the audio from the fan 590, match it up on time code and just put Joe. Let's hear Joe's radio broadcast. Uh, call of it leaf one sure. versus gord miller's leaf call of because gord does national games and regional games am i right i think you're correct yes so gord is not considered to be a homer for the leafs he is a national but joe is the home announcer and has been for the last 40 years are you surprised so, by this no no i'm not surprised i'm i am sort of surprised that they take it to the nth degree they only not only do it with that but last night Instead of hearing Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong, who did the game on TSN, hear their voices on the Sportsnet Central highlight package. Instead, we got the voices of the Atlanta Hawks announcers. Wow. Right. Wow. So here's your packet. This is, remember, this is Rogers Sportsnet, who also does Raptors games. Sure. You know, they split that. Yeah. And so, but, but on this night, they weren't doing Raptors games. But they didn't and do they the radio calls because they have the radio call. With, they weren't uh, doing Aaron. either one. So now you're going, okay, wait a second. If the radio call was on TSN, right? Yep. Of the Raptor game, because the Leaf game was on the fan. So oh, if the radio right. call and right. the TV feed were on TSN, right. we can't even use TSN's audio right. of Paul Jones and Eric Smith. Well, yeah, I well, think. Eric's not even on TSN. He's only on Sportsnet. Right. So it's Paul Jones and is it Leo? I don't even know. Not Leo. But anyway, uh, so they yeah. couldn't use Paul Jones audio play-by-play -play, right because he was doing it for tsn radio you know i just realized it's because that, <laughs> so, that doesn't so they happen run the too Atlanta often. hawks announcer right because i think i think jack does radio when uh leo and the sportsnet guys are doing the tv but this is a rare example it doesn't happen too often where the same network like the radio and the television are both tsn usually it's it's staggered it i guess it was just because of the leaf the good conflict. old days where you wouldn't even have to ask what channel it was on you just knew where to get the game now you could be in the middle of uh, Huppetsville with your, you know, with your battery running low and still find a feed <laughs> audio or video of, of a game somewhere. I, I actually don't have, I, other than the Blue Jays lately with Sportsnet having all the damn games, 
I always remember wondering, like, is this a CFTO game? Is this a CBC game? Is this a TSN game? Like, this is how I kind of grew up. Where are the Blue Jays? Because I remember for a long time I didn't get TSN. So it's like when it was a TSN game, I was, you know, shit out of luck. But I was like, okay, I can watch this, you know, Fergie Oliver and Don Chevrier or whatever on CFTO on those Saturdays or whatever. Well, I used to always say when we, when Jim and I did Sportsline for years, we would always wonder like I, we knew that people knew they were watching us because we were pretty distinctive, but we, we sort of said, you know, if you watched um, sports desk on TSN, right. On a lot of nights you wouldn't know who was doing voicing over the highlights. You know, they all, I'm not going to say they all sounded the same, but they didn't sound distinct enough where you go, Oh, that's so that's the Titian doing that. Now, right. eventually you did, right. It, you had to be there for a while, but I think now if you were to turn on any sports, any of these sports casts and listen to the highlight package from the other room, you'd say, well, who is that doing the high, whose voice is that? Right. Cause after a while, they all kind of sound the same. Now, well, if that can period, here's someone, Joe Thornton gets the puck over to Austin Matthews. He's got his 21st of the year, two, one Leafs. Right. Now to the third, right? And you know that they're reading it off the prompter or you know the script that they've got because they might've watched the game, but a producer had to write down, you know, later in the third, six and a half minutes in, Hawks on a power play, watch number 88, Patrick Kane, you know, and they'll highlight him maybe, that kind of a thing. It's not the same. So you just, you're, you're not aware of who the personalities are. Anyway, what I want to say last night was to take, to take the effort to ensure that the broadcaster who was on your rival station doesn't get on your highlight package. Like, no Gord Miller. Yeah. No Matt Devlin, no Jack Armstrong, no Ray Ferraro. You understand me? If I hear any voice of any TSN personality on the Sportsnet highlights, heads are going to roll. Hey, Dr. Hockey on your YouTube page says uh, it's odd that they would edit out the audio because Gord Miller does national games on NBC, which sometimes air on Sportsnet. So I guess there are... Times where they have that's, to air Gordon. That's, that's a few bridges to get to that. Right. One. Well, it's Dr. Hockey. He's a doctor of hockey. <laughs> protect the brand. That's what they're saying. Protect right. the brand. Yeah. But meantime, you guys are in bed together on Leafs, on Raptors, Olympics. Olympics. You guys are like this. Right. Except for Blue Jays baseball. Right. And another thing, too, go watch TSN's baseball coverage. Okay. After hockey and after basketball and after curling <laughs> right. and after women's hockey. After CFL. And after CFL, then there's baseball. That's wrong. Okay. I mentioned the Raptors were without uh, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet uh, wow. for their game in Atlanta last night. Wow. Uh, three of your five starters not available. Yep. Usually the first game back after the All Star break results in fourth quarter fatigue. But imagine how much fatigue the, the Raptors were feeling without their three starters. Right. Imagine how tired they really were in the fourth quarter when they couldn't get a bucket to fall. Now I flipped back and forth between the Leafs and Raptors for a while, but I have to be honest with you, Mike, it's hard for me to watch an entire basketball game from the opening tip to the end. I don't have the concentration for it, but I also know that I can go and come back and really not miss that much. And that's why when you watch a highlight package from a Raptors game, you get, oh, you know, here's a dunk from the first quarter. And then here's a couple of uh, three-pointers by Norm. And there's the score. Oh, the Raptors are trailing by 19 points. It looked grim for the, vi for the visitors. Right. And, then, and then here's the comeback, so a layup. And then another slam dunk. And then now let's get down to the last couple of seconds of the game to show the winning basket. That's every highlight package. They're all like that with the basketball. So knowing that, I don't have to watch the first quarter. I can watch a little bit here and there. But it doesn't matter. 
oh, the Raptors are down 19. Okay, this game's over. I'll never, I know to turn back at a certain time. I'm a, an experienced dial flipper. So I know that, oh, look at that. Now, oh, the Raptors are up by, okay, we're going to be okay. Six minutes to go, up by how many? Right. 15 points. Beautiful. Six minutes to go. Great. I can turn back to the Leaf game. Here's overtime, et cetera. So now after Austin Matthews scores, and after I see that, that sports center has kind of gone, hey, for those of you watching the Leaf game, here's the Leaf highlights again. As soon as they started running the Leaf highlights, I flip over to the Raptors game, which is still going on. They're up by 15 or 12 or whatever it is. Now they're up by nine. Now they're up by seven. They're up by four. They're, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And the clock can't move fast enough for me. And I'm thinking the clock, like, who's working the clock? Why, aren't, why isn't the clock starting? <laughs> okay. It's taking too long. And then disaster. They couldn't hit a shot. And then Powell, a 90% free throw shooter. Norm Powell is 90%. Game on the line. Misses a pair from the charity shot. And misses them badly. Uh. Like the second one, like clank off the front rim. And I went, oh, that's it. We're done. We're done. Because we were up by four. Mm-hmm. If he makes both free throws at six, he makes one of them, it's five. But no. And now the momentum changes. Instead of a six-point lead, the Raptors are clinging up by four. Then Trey Young with a layup. Now the Raptor lead is two. And then the Raptors miss. And they miss. And then the Hawks call a timeout with seven seconds to go. And now Nick Nurse draws up the play. Seven seconds, guys. Okay? Don't give up the three to to, to beat us. A two? Okay, we go to overtime. Mm. But don't give up the three. And what does Trey Young do? Uh, Dribble drive penetrates. Kicks it out. Tony Snell catch and shoot three-pointer. Winner, the crowd goes wild. There was no one there. Right. The crowd went wild. And the Hawks had won on a three-pointer at the buzzer. Yikes. So terribly disappointing for the Raptors. Big win for Atlanta as they leapfrog Toronto and now are in eighth place in the East. But I tell you this, Mike, when OG and Pascal and Norm, uh, sorry, Fred Van Vliet come out of, um, what do they call it? Health and safety protocol. Mm -hmm. The Raptors will be just fine. Terrible way to lose, but you're going to have to lose them once in a while. Uh, Powell had 33, but he missed those two key free throws. Boucher had 29. Lowry, 17 plus 12 dimes. They'll be fine. Next game tomorrow in Charlotte against the Hornets. Don't know when those three are expected back. When's the trade deadline? Mm, like soon? Next week. Next week, okay. Yeah, 25th, I think. Do the Raptors, uh, do they move Lowry? Is there anything significant? No, you think? no way. He wants to retire as a Raptor too. And this is probably the best way, you know? And, and also, I don't know what you're going to get for him or who's going to take his contract. Let him play his guts out until he can't play anymore with Toronto. Sold. Okay. Earlier this week, I laughed out loud. <laughs> when the Blue Jays decided that their fans really should see what's going on in spring training. Not hear what's going on, no radio but see what's going on. And since they weren't televising any games, they set up two mounted cameras, one in center field that shows that, you know, the, the, the pitcher throwing strikes from, from center field with a the big zoom lens. All right. And that's, that takes up three quarters of the screen. And then in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, a little box with the high home plate camera that we're used to seeing from behind um, and above home plate, very wide shot. So you're trying to watch off these two cameras, no audio, no crack of the bat, no, you know, no players going, come on, motherfucker, let's go, you motherfucker. Can't have that. So no sound at all. So it's eerie. And you're trying to watch, you see the pitch, and then you see the batter swing from that center field camera. And then you, there's no 
cut. There's no director cutting cameras. You now have to look down in the lower right corner to see if you can pick up the flight of the ball or if it's a grounder or what. It's bizarre. It was terrible. But is it better than nothing? No, it's not better than nothing. It's not. It's awful. It's strange they'd invest so many millions of dollars in a product and then do this. Like, it doesn't seem like the, it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face. I don't quite understand Look, it. You could have gotten someone, Mike, to volunteer for nothing. We'll get you into the ballpark. You take this iPhone. Get your buddy to take that iPhone. You sit there. You sit there. Keep it locked off. And, and if you need to, it's not hard to pan slowly and follow a ball. But it's not that hard. Like, what's what's the con- what's the George Springer contract worth again? Um, what was it? One hundred and fifty million, sixty million, or something? something like that. It just doesn't make sense that you would do an investment like that in one player, but then you would save a few bucks on this side of things. Like, it just doesn't, as business sense, it doesn't make any business sense to me. No, and like I said before, you've got Ben Wagner down there doing reports. And, How tough and is bucks it for down ben there like, to what? just call wild yeah. play by play off the camera and bucks there too. And bucks there, and but also, why wouldn't the Jays kind of say, "Look, let's let's get you some great camera locations"? I'll be fine, even if you don't want to put announcers there. Give me some locations that I can actually follow right. the ball. Like, yeah, so right. either have someone switching back and forth from a couple cameras, or just give me a better angle. Right. I mean, right. you're going to be broadcasting Major League Baseball games from that very stadium in a couple of weeks. I don't get it, man. I honestly don't get it because because. It's such a, uh, you're counting the pennies here. Meanwhile, you're cutting the check over there for $160 million. It doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, the, uh, the Raptors, the Jays won 10-6. to 6. George Springer led off the bottom of the first with a home run. Vladdy hit a three-run bomb to make it 4 nothing. Then in the second, uh, Captain Alejandro Kirk went deep. Then in the third, Teoscar doubled home a run. Then Vladdy singled home a run. Then Randall Gritchick hit a three-run home where the Jays led 10 nothing, and then hung on to win 10-6 after seven innings. They said, oh, that's it. That's it. Six and a half innings, actually. They didn't even have to play the bottom of the seventh. <laughs> Come on, honey, let's go to the ballpark. How many innings are they going to play today? Is that Vladdy's first homer of the spring? Uh, yeah, I believe it was. Good. And let me tell you, yeah. spring training stories are a dime a dozen. I could tell you the numbers of years I went down to spring training where Rob Ducey every year <laughs> was going to be the starting outfielder in the all-star game by the way he played right. in March. Right. He hit 400, 500, 600 one March. But I mean, it's March. Right. Pitcher, you know, you say to the pitcher, go out there. We're going to, we want 40 pitches out of you. Just, just work on your control. Don't worry about getting guys out. We don't care. Well, you know what, I always, on that. Work on a few things. I always remind uh, when people kind of get worried about anything that happens in the spring, I say, "How? What was the Blue Jays' record the two years they won the World Series?" Because I believe I believe they had terrible like grapefruit league records. I hope I'm not misremembering that. I you know that nobody that. keeps <laughs> grapefruit league records. Do you know right. that you could uh, you could go anywhere and say, "What was the Jays' grapefruit?" You're not going to find it. It doesn't matter at all. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> right. No one said, "You remember that fifth game of spring training when we played right. against the Phillies?" Well, I mean, all- the players will remember. <laughs> You know, the kid that played three major league games goes, oh, I got my break when right. Rick Bossetti broke his ankle, sliding into second in Clearwater, Florida. Right. They called me off the bench. I had a three-run homer off of uh, Steve Carlton. <laughs> I hit a home run off Steve Carlton in spring training. Well, guess what? Steve Carlton was working on his 82-mile-an-hour right. cut fastball that right. day right? and lobbing him in there like it was batting practice. Your first evidence that that means nothing is the fact that was a seven-inning game. They just said, okay, that's it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> one year I went to spring training one year, and I think I mentioned this to you. I, I was the bat boy because they didn't have a bat boy. They had like a split squad game. 
in Clearwater against the Phillies, and half the team was there, and the other half the team was in Dunedin. So I happened to be I happened to go to Clearwater because I wanted to do some interviews with the Philly players, and the game starts. And <laughs> who the heck was it now? Might have been Garth Orge. Hebsy, we need a bat boy. And I'm a I'm a reporter. I'm a television anchor. I'm a I think I was an anchor at the time. I'm a, I'm a, a bat boy. What are you talking about? Come on, we need a bat boy. Wow. So. I don't know. I put a hat on. I sat in the dugout or whatever. And then Anthony, Tony Johnson hit a home run and threw his bat halfway up the first baseline. And here I, you know, dutifully, I run out to grab the bat. He's trotting around the bases. What does a bat boy do now? Well, you take the bat. I guess you give it back to the guy, but he's still rounding the bases. Wow. So I go and I stand at home plate next to Darren Dalton, the Phillies catcher and the umpire. I think it was Jim McKean. Yeah. And we're waiting. I'm waiting for, and he's doing the slowest home run trot ever. It's freaking spring training. Right. Then he hit it off Dickie Knowles. And Dickie Knowles is like, what the F is going on here? Who is this guy with a home run trot in spring training? Anyway, he gets to home plate. I give him a high five. He high fives me with his um, pine tar laden batting gloves. It was actually a high 10 back in those days. And uh, I hand him, I go to hand him his bat. And he just looks at me like, I don't take my bat back. It's your job. <laughs> That's your job, buddy. That's funny. <laughs> he got cut a couple of days later. That's a great story. Uh, but he did a slow home run trot, and I'm the bat boy. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, before we leave baseball, though, uh, there is one moment in spring trading history that Jays fans still look back on with fondness. Do you know what moment I'm referring to? The moment in spring training? A Blue Jays spring training moment that Blue Jay fans still uh, talk about and, and remember fondly. It is the Vladdy walk-off in Montreal. So, Oh, that's not spring training. Sorry, no, that's what is that? That's an exhibition game in Montreal. So that's different. Okay, that's not interesting. Not the same. Spring training suggests that the game took place in Florida. Okay, but it's... Exhibition game. Interesting that you make that clarification. Oh, for sure. Okay, so that's not the same as a... Major League Ballpark. Right. Exhibition game just before the start of the season, likely pitchers in pretty good shape, you know, playing it like it's a real um, regular season game. Does it go in the stats as a Grapefruit League uh, game? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Uh, again, what stats? Well, there are well, stats because I used to read them in the Toronto well, I'm saying, What are we saying? Are we saying what was the Blue Jays exhibition record prior to the well, they'll call 2019 it, season? Right. They'll have it. They'll call it the Grapefruit League record or whatever. Only you could come up with a, a great moment in exhibition history. In, in, in it's a Jays fans. Jays fans will consider that one of the great highlights of Vladdy's young career. If you say so. Let's that, hope that, that in the home run, done, the home run derby. Not, Let's hope that when all said and done, we're not going, yep, highlight of Laddie's career when right. he's hit that home run in Montreal in the <laughs> exhibition game. <laughs> Let's hope that's not it. Tanner Rourke uh, was the winner. Well, I guess he wasn't the winner. He only went three innings. But I think if you go three innings in a seven-inning game, would that not be a win? Should they change the rules now? And does, it, does, does wins really matter that much? It used to be everything. Hey, you won 25 games last year. But now, actually, to win a game. Who pitches five innings anymore? Make it three. No, a completely different game in that. Make regard. it three innings. If you pitch three innings, you're you you can qualify for the win if you're the starter. But you know that's but the part of baseball. The that's the part of baseball I miss the most. I miss the days when Dave Steve was starting and he'd go seven, eight, or nine maybe. And I actually, yeah. I just, I don't know about you, but I uh, I miss those days when you had your start and you wrote him. It's a completely different game. Completely different game. Specialist now, and imagine how much tougher it would be to have a fifty-six game hitting streak, <laughs> or or hitting four hundred. Right. When instead, when in the eighth inning, instead of facing the pitcher you've already pitched, uh, faced three times, right. you're facing some fireballer that just came out of the pen. Great point. Who's a specialist who's, who's like maximum throws 20 pitches. Great point. 
And each one of them, he throws as hard as he can. And you got, yeah, it's completely different. And we'll never have another, you know, we'll never have another 400 uh, hitter. So Rourke went three innings, gave up one hit, no walks, and struck out three. And naturally, you're going to go, wow, three innings, one hit, didn't walk anybody. Let's go. Let's start the season. He's our number two starter. It's spring training. They had two cameras set up with no audio to show you Blue Jay highlights the other day. It's horrible. Now, if it seems I'm picking on Sportsnet these days, it's because I am. (laughs) Simulcasting is not a good thing. You're doing a disservice to both your TV and radio audiences. You want the best possible TV telecast. Sorry, that's redundant. It is a telecast if it's on TV. You want the best possible telecast. And you want the best possible broadcast. Sans video. Now, we've gone over this before. Dan Schulman is a tremendous baseball broadcaster. If you say, Dan, you're doing the game on TV. He's prepared. He knows what the hero notes are. He's discussed with the producer what's going to come up on the screen, pitching matchups, how to defer to his com- uh, his uh, sidekicks, others in the booth, go down to the, uh, you know, the reporter uh, you know, down on the field, in the dugout, all that type of thing. It's coordinated. On radio, you don't have that. There's nobody in your ear on radio going, say this, say that, look at this, look at that. No. Not at all. Totally different. So he's got to know who he's talking to. Is this a radio broadcast? Is this a television broadcast? Telecast. Now, the TV show, formerly known as Tim and Sid, was a TV show simulcast on radio because Tim and Sid used to be a radio show and a podcast before that, right? Even though they worked for the SCORE television network. And they learned about TV and and video feeds and cutting highlights and all that stuff. They did a podcast. And then they were hired by the Fan 590 to do an afternoon radio show. And they were good. And it was a great lead-in for Bob McCowan. And they fucked around with it and said, no, no, no. Let's take those two guys. Let's put them on television up against Bob McCowan, the guy they used to do the lead-in for. And no one will be the wiser. McCowan won't get upset. Why would Bob McCowan get upset if you took away his lead in and put them up against you on a different platform owned by Rogers? What, what, what could possibly make Bob McCowan upset at the fact that you were going to take that and you were going to put it right up against them? Basically to say, hey, Bob, we're going to take some of your listeners away. We're going to put these guys on TV up against you. I'd have flipped. And maybe Bob did. I don't know. Well, he did win. But right then and there, I would have known that they weren't. They weren't. They didn't care about the best interest of the show. They didn't care about anything that they had already developed over all those years. The legacy that the twenty-five years or whatever that his radio show had had, and that's a slap in the face. I think so. That was Tim and Sid, the TV show, mm-hmm. and, and then. After they let McCowan go, they went, oh, what are we going to do in McCowan's spot? Did anyone think about this? No, did you? No, did you? Jordan? Back? No, no, what? No? Pelly? Did Pelly leave any? Inst- Moore? Any of these guys? Don Collins? Anybody leave any instructions? Cadeau? Who? Who's running the place? So now McCowan's gone. They pay off the rest of his contract. They go, you know, we got this television show. Let's just maybe get radio again. Let's go ass backwards. Let's tell these guys all the radio stuff they did that led them to this TV show and all the shtick that they're doing. Guess what? You're going to be back on radio too. It's a TV show simulcast. It doesn't work. I've listened to it 
I don't know. Yesterday I'm listening to Tim and friends and I hear one of the guys, I don't know who it is because I'm listening. I don't know who this guy is. And he goes, uh, look at this picture. <laughs> right. And then Tim has to go, oh, for those of us in the radio audience, it's a guy standing over the urinal wearing a Shea Weber Montreal Canadiens jersey and below uh, at his feet uh, are his nachos and his drink. <laughs> so I'm trying to pick, and they're giggling and I'm trying to picture... Trying to picture in my because I'm listening to this. Trying to picture this shot of a guy. Someone took a picture of a guy standing over the urinal and his nachos are like where his feet are. El Grosso. So, you know, it's radio. You sh- you're going to show a picture and you're going to try to describe what that picture looks like. Meanwhile, you're laughing because you're looking at the actual thing. It doesn't work on radio. You can't do that. Okay. And also, if you're going to run on your TV show, which that's what it is, you're going to show a shot of a tweet from someone. You have to read the tweet to those of us in the radio listening audience so we know what's on the tweet. Mm-hmm. You can't refer to two or three words in the tweet and then go, <laughs> you can't do it. So it doesn't work on radio. So I'm telling you right now, okay? I don't know how many more days this simulcast is good for but you're not going to get anybody listening in afternoon drive to a television show on the radio. So Greg Sansoni had better, he better have something up his sleeve. And, and I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know if they're going to wait till the fall and relaunch the fan with new people. I have no idea, but as it stands now, there's no reason to listen in afternoon drive because it's a television show that they've stuck on radio. Hebsy man, the, the cost of airing Tim and Sid on the radio is what? Like maybe one guy making 14 bucks an hour. The, they, do re me is everything here. I think they, I think sports radio is going in. I don't think anyone's spending any money or investing any money on content. That's only for sports radio anymore. That's in Toronto, Mike. I know. Toronto, Mike. Yes. 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 In other markets, it works great. Sports radio is killer in the United States. Every market. It does extremely well. Because they've got the right people on the air, right? They're not simulcasting a television show. Take a look at the numbers for sports radio in the U.S. Why? Because it's local. Because when I listen to, to Tim and Friends, and I bet you he had to say that to himself a million times in a row. It's not Tim and Sid, Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends, right? right? When I watch Tim and Friends, which is a national television show, but I'm listening to it on a local radio station. I don't want to hear Ryan Leslie from Calgary talking about the flames and Sutter's back. I don't care. I'm from Toronto. It's local. Right. And the reason sports radio is successful in the United States and the markets, it's local in New York. They're talking about the giants, the jets, the Knicks, the Rangers. They're not talking about the Pittsburgh penguins. They're not talking about, the, the, you know, the Raiders, they're talking about the New York teams. And in Toronto, we should be talking about the Toronto teams, the teams that your radio station is doing wall to wall coverage of play by play of every game. It said, I got Ryan Leslie, who, by the way, when he wears glasses, looks just like Tim McAuliffe. Wow. And I, Ryan's a great guy, but he's in Calgary. Right. Cause you got a national TV show, which means you got to serve a national audience, which means you got to go. What about the people in New Brunswick? Are we serving them? Right. What about the people in Alberta? <laughs> Not and, and oh, how do you separate Calgary from Edmonton? Right. Let's talk to the people of Albert. Let's lead with the Calgary story, then we'll do the Edmonton story. Right. No, 
You're, it's a Toronto radio station. Well, that's it what killed the team. Toronto. The Team 1050, if you ask Romanuk or Richards or ask any of those cats, why did the Team 1050 flail out? It's because they tried to be a national sports show on Toronto radio. It doesn't work. They had national sports radio. It doesn't work. It just doesn't. These teams are local. Baseball is the best example. Unless you're in a rotisserie league, you don't follow what's going on with the Texas Rangers. You're a Blue Jays right. fan. You listen to the Blue Jays games. Watch the Blue Jays games. You're not, you know that, you know, who the best players are for certain teams, right? But sure. even if you're really, really into it, you don't know all 30 teams. You, you just don't. No. So why do I want to listen, listen to an interview with somebody that's talking about a team that I don't care about? On my local radio station, I want to be able to phone in and go, hi, I want to talk about the Leafs. I want to talk about the Jays. I want to talk about uh, TFC. I want to talk about the Raptors. I want to talk about Toronto sports that we get on the Toronto TV stations, that we follow the Toronto teams. I don't care about the, you know, the 7,000 Pittsburgh Penguin fans in Toronto. I care about the 7 million Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Right. Right. So here's what happens. So it's the debut of the new show. It's Tim and Friends. And what do they do on the first show? Instead of getting Wayne Gretzky, who would have been a great get for your first week of your new show, who was available, they did a panel with three female hockey players who basically complained, more than not, about women's hockey not getting the support it needed from sponsors, from the National Hockey League, that they had run into problems with scheduling, that one league shouldn't be in existence, and the professional women's Hockey Players Association should be. And why aren't people coming out to games and, and all that? Uh, and I just sort of listened to that for a while. I said, really, this is your, this is how you're starting off this show with a round table. Um, the day after, I think it was National Women's Day. Uh, and uh, give me some big names. Not that Jennifer Botterill and Cassie Campbell and Cheryl Pounder aren't big names in women's hockey. But man, you're launching a brand new show. Go get Gretzky. Hey, coming up, we got Wayne Gretzky, LeBron, whatever. But this is your first week. This is, these are your marquee. When you start a new show, opening week on Tim and Friends, here's who we got. Ready? Big names. Big names. Tune in. New show. You'll find out who my friends are. Not a panel with, with female hockey players. Although they, do, enough, de they do deserve a little praise important there. important enough of an <laughs> issue. Okay, but that's your opinion You don't there. talk about women's hockey that much on your show normally. Why are you making such a big deal about it? First show, new format. But kudos to them for covering women's sports, right? Oh, come on, Mike. How many women's hockey games have you watched start to finish that haven't been Olympic or world championship games? Oh, zero. Right. How many of the people that are listening or watching this tell you? In all honesty, tell me. How many of you can name any teams in a professional women's league and who some of the players are, what their nicknames but, are, where they play? What do you know about them? But how much of that is chicken and egg? Like maybe if they covered not, it like none that. None of it. No, no. If you really wanted to, you would find a way to watch the games. It's not up to me to say, you know what? I, I'm going to go support the product and hope that it gets better. I'm going to say, I'll tell you what, I'll support the product when you're putting a product on the ice that is superior or at least equal to what I'm used to watching. That could be junior hockey. That could be my, you know, my buddy's uh, buddy plays AAA midget. If, if the product on the ice isn't good enough to compel me to turn my TV on or my radio on, 
then I'm sorry. I got other things to do in other sports to watch. Okay, just speak. Convince me. I hear you. I hear you. And I respect your opinion. But speaking for myself, though, I'm hesitant to uh, criticize Sportsnet for over covering women's sports. That's been I'm let's not face criticizing it. Sportsnet. I'm okay. saying in this particular case, you could have taken this story. It, it wasn't as huge a story. I get it that you're celebrating. Oh, what's today? What's International Women's Day? Jesus Christ, we've got to do what, you know, everything to do with women's sports. Can I read a fresh talk about the issues? We got to <laughs> talk, get the experts on, and we got to just talk about women's hockey. It's, what we're going to talk about is women's hockey today on women and women female uh, commentators. Oh, it was International Women's Day too, probably, right? Anyway, let me just read a real-time comment because I'm feeling some similar sentiments here, but Bob Willett says, Dude, Gretzky is old. Hebsy, I love you, but this sounds like such old thinking regarding women's panel. So he suggests... Don't be an idiot, Bob. No, no. Listen, idiot, we're Bob. Wayne Gretzky's father just passed away. Okay? Right. He wrote, read a beautiful eulogy. There are more stories about Walter Gretzky out there than anything. Right? Wayne is was not like, I, I'm not going, I'm not going to do any interviews. I'm not going to show up. I'm not... Wayne would love to talk about Walter. Keith would love to talk about Walter. As long as people want to ask questions sure. about their dad to them, they're more than happy to. What better opportunity for Tim and friends, the first week of your first new launch of a show, the great one. Who's going to say, I'm not interested in Gretzky? Tell me one person, God, I don't, what do I care what Wayne Gretzky has to say about Walter Gretzky and growing up? And Everyone would watch, Mike. You'd promote the hell out of that. You'd promote that on your uh, other platforms. You'd have your Sportsnet Central anchor, Ken Reed, coming up on Tim and Friends. Wayne Gretzky, Keith Gretzky. Brent Gretzky, stories, more stories about Walter. We, don't, we can't get enough great stories about Walter. But first, we've got a panel to talk about the problems with women's hockey and why not enough people are supporting women's hockey and why the NHL won't even, you know, you know uh, drop a couple of hundred thousand dollars on them or give them tape or give them sticks Hebsy man, or, how, give them or give them full-time jobs. How do you expect anyone to ever care about those issues if it receives zero coverage? Like this is coverage that they badly need to, to educate sports fans as to what's going on in that sport. I think it's good on them for doing it. And I'm sure they only did it probably because it was knows. international women's day, but at least they did it. And uh, I think knows. that deserves some praise. It's not a top story. You could have taken that and you could have put it in hour number two. You could have teased it and said, coming up later, because it's International Women's Day, we're going to talk about women's sports and specifically women's hockey and some of the issues you know, that are surrounding it. And what's the future of women's hockey? Now, remember, I would think Sportsnet has a vested interest in how women's hockey does because these are potential partners, broadcast partners for Rogers. But I just, I just felt that, you know, there was a long time spending on, I don't know, nothing really was resolved. It was nice to hear what they had to say. Right. But you could have wrapped the whole thing up in like five minutes. But that's the other thing. Panel means three people or more. They do it on hockey night too. Mm -hmm. You know? And you know this, Mike. Each member of the panel is told in advance, don't talk for a long time. Get your point in quickly so that we can go to the other person so they can get their point in quickly so we can get to the other person so they can get their point in so we can go back to the host sure. so he can ask the next question right it's too formulaic it's like we've got seven minutes or eight minutes or whatever it is and we have to make sure that each member of the panel 
gets their say. All right. So if you were if you were, if you were program director there, uh, women's uh, sports would receive minimal coverage, and you'd bury it at the the end of the program. Essentially, I'd have it on the program, but I certainly wouldn't lead with it. If I had Wayne Gretzky, or I had a great guest, topical guest, and don't tell me that the death of Walter Gretzky and all of the outpouring of emotion didn't oh, still linger. But that did receive ample coverage, Hebsey. Like that that did receive. A but now lot you've of got coverage. Wayne on there. What if you could have? What if you could have asked Wayne questions at the funeral, right? Okay, I'm taking questions. I've here's my eulogy for my dad. Here, I'm taking questions. I have a clip. He still wanted to talk about his father. That's why he was on Sportsnet with Jeff Merrick during between periods of one of the games this week, right. Tuesday, I guess it was against Winnipeg, and they did a lovely interview with Wayne and and um, Keith Gretzky. Lovely. They told stories I had never heard before. It was terrific. Why couldn't they have done that on Tim and Friends? Can't go with you on this one, but I do value your opinion. And this is Hebsey on sports, so of course we get we get Hebsey on sports. But uh, I, I on this note, though, Tim and Sid, I have pulled a clip, and I meant to play this last week. It's only 20 seconds long, mm-hmm. but this is a brief clip of Sid Sixero's farewell speech at the end of the final episode of Tim and Sid. And I want to play it for you, Hebsey. No, no. No? I don't want to hear it. Why? Not interested. Not interested. This is my show. My show. But he gives some love to Hebsey. I told you before, when Tim and Sid announced that Sid was leaving back in January, and then they said, by the way, you know, he'll be with us until March. I thought, well, what's this? You're announcing that, that Sid's leaving. What, so that the news doesn't, you know, leak out there? Breakfast television news doesn't leak out. So you're saying, okay, Sid's leaving, but now we're going to give everybody two weeks, three weeks to formulate their opinions and come up with their farewell speeches and farewell videos and all the great stuff so we can look back at the great years of Tim and Sid before Sid goes to breakfast television and then Tim starts his new venture with with his friends. So I just thought it was very premeditated, concocted. Oh, of course. But I, so you're telling me I cannot play this 20 second clip that your fans would probably like to hear because Sid does uh, mention you. No. Okay. okay. No. Did, did either one of them ever come on your show? Nope. Screw them. <laughs> okay. Why would you put 20 <laughs> seconds of them on our show when he won't, they, neither one of them collectively or individually would, would come to the Toronto Mike studio or agree to be on when how many Famous people, way more famous than them, sure. have agreed to come on and enjoyed themselves? Because I'm not a petty man, you know. I, I can still give love I'm a you. petty man. <laughs> you asked Tim McAuliffe, he said no. You asked Sid Six Zero, they he said no. But now you want to say, hey, guess what? No. The okay. answer is no. Mike. I won't play I'm it putting then. my it's foot down. No. Okay. No. And <laughs> by it, the way, I don't watch breakfast television. I don't do care I. if Sid's on or not, because the other person that's on there is the most annoying host of any show, radio, TV, podcast, or anything else. The worst. <laughs> How's that for critique? I love so that you're so luck. fired up, Hebsey. Have a good time waking up at three in the morning. <laughs> and Tim, do me a favor with the rest of your friends. Get this show together. Make it And, and Sportsnet, make it a TV show and put something else on the radio, because that's not a radio show. All right? All right, buddy. And by the way, what's going to happen at the fan? What are they going to do? Gonna blow the radio lineup up because they got to find somebody for afternoon drive. 
They can't get McCowan back now because he's he's working for another radio station. He's podcasting on uh, another station there. Talk about that in a second. But first, okay. let me talk about this, the ratings and what's going on in Toronto sports radio. Too many sports radio stations in this town, right? Right. And Howard Berger, who used to work for one of them, the fan for years, did a great interview with Chris Cuthbert, who revealed that he had contacted Keith Pelly and Scott Moore right after Rogers secured the NHL rights for billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Moore told Cuthbert, Sportsnet's not interested. And I also found out that Ray Ferraro had left Moore a voicemail at the same time. Oh, you guys just signed a big deal with the NHL. I'm interested. You know, I'm Ray Ferraro. Left a voicemail and um, Moore called him back to say that he wasn't in the mix. Hmm. So now you're Ray Ferraro and you're going, not in the mix. Who, like, who have you got? Oh, we got Greg Millen. We got Gary Galley. We got, and, and I'm sure Ferraro was going, uh, yeah, but Glenn Healy. Glenn Healy. Hey, Glenn Healy at the time. That's right. So, so Ferraro wasn't in the mix and Cuthbert wasn't in the mix. Oh. And if Cuthbert doesn't phone them last year mm-hmm. to say, Hey, uh, I'm available or I'd be interested in discussing something with you. These guys might've never phoned. Interesting. Unbelievable. Thing one and thing two decided against it. You could add Cuthbert and Ferraro. Imagine that. All the nonsense that went on early on. That's the wrong. George Strombolopoulos. Oh, he's the wrong guy. Ron McClain. We're going to get him his job back. All that stuff. Right? Houston and Simpson, we've got. Why wouldn't you have gone? You could have had Cuthbert and Ferraro. Right. But you know what, though? You're, there might have been a, too many A-plus commentators because you still had Bob Cole, right? So Bob Cole's still your guy. But Jim Houston's the guy calling the Stanley Cup final. So you got two A, like an a, a 1A and a 1B. Is What's Cuthbert going to be? A, a 1C? Like he's, it's almost, I know. Yeah. Could have had him. But the interesting could've point. Could have had Ferraro. Someone makes on your uh, YouTube page, uh, Dr. Hockey mentions that they, they basically chose Paul Romanuk over Chris Cuthbert, which he finds uh, difficult to, 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 to stomach. And I want to shout out Trevor Loden because uh, he says, Mike squirming and Hebsey going off is exactly what makes this show great. So I wanted to uh, highlight that comment right there. It wasn't intentional, Mike. I thought you might agree with me a little bit. I can't but go. I know, with you I know, I know. You've got two daughters, <laughs> right? That's right. You know, you live in a home. You live in a place with you know three women. And it was International Women's Day, Hebsy. Mike, it was Black History Month every day in February. Did we every day do something about Black History? Did we do one day about Black History? That was a month. International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. It's a one day a year. I'm sorry, Mike, but when I look at the calendar, I don't go, oh, my God, oh, geez. And if they would have done that at Sportsnet, they would have said, oh, it's International Women's Day. Maybe we shouldn't debut Tim and Friends on International Women's Day. And one more thing, Mike. Yes. Because this is getting me very upset. I can tell. If Sportsnet's going to do all this stuff on women's hockey, women's sports, they better keep doing it. Because if they only do it on International Women's Day and they ignore it the other 364 days a year, then they've proven my point. You're right. Broadcast some games. Right. So so guys like me might watch a game other than the Olympics or World Championships. How about this? Broadcast some games. Get the women that you've got on the air. Some of them are very good. Give them some more training. Give them some more opportunities. Put them on more broadcasts, telecasts, games. You've got a bunch of regional games across the country. Put them in more studio situations. Get them on the radio. I wouldn't mind hearing. I got news for you. I wouldn't have mind hearing it if it was on the radio and I wanted to hear long form broadcasting. 
Anthony Petrucci says, uh, Hebsey is right. Tell Anthony he still owes me a lasagna. <laughs> Anthony, come on, hook up my buddy Hebsey with some lasagna. <laughs> Hebsey is right, uh, not his opinion. Fact, he says, no one watches women's hockey. And I would say that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, chicken and egg. You don't cover the damn sport. You don't broadcast the damn sport. No Mike, wonder nobody's watching it. Mike, if, you, if I was to say to you right now, we're going to do 10 games, 10 Whatever the league is. What do they call it? Whatever that league is. 10 women's games. Got them on the schedule. We're going to air them, you know, in prime time, 7.30 at night or whatever it is. Do you honestly think that they're going to draw an audience of viewers? Hebsey, I do not know. No, you're saying you don't think so. You would like to think, because I say to you, Mike, you're going to sit down with your two daughters and your two sons, maybe, or one of them. And you say, come on, we're going to watch the, whatever the name of the team is. Right. The Minnesota, I don't know, is against the Hartford or the New York, whatever. We're going to watch these two and watch for that girl there. She's really good. And that, that girl there played for the United States and, you know, watch her. She's a great goaltender. Let's sit and watch. No, I hear you, but I also don't sit down and watch Chicago versus St. Louis in the NHL. Oh, so. whoa. <laughs> Toronto's... Um, Women's hockey team. Come on, Toronto team. You might even go to some games. You might even take your kids and say, come on, let's go down to the arena and watch them play. I mean, that's how you get a fan base. You know, how old's Morgan? She turns five on Monday. Perfect. That's what they want. Young girls, especially, and their families getting interested in hockey at a young age, watching the games, having heroes. Right. That's all. Well said. Uh, and shout out again to Anthony Petrucci that we're going to have Palma Pasta for Morgan's uh, birthday party on Saturday. Nice. That's good stuff. Uh, the man who once coined those names, uh, idiot producer, <laughs> idiot program director, swarthy Mediterranean, Whoa. and others, where he would never mention the person's name on the air. And if he did, it was only their last name. Brunt. Uh, Bob McCallan announced that he'll be back on radio. Every night from six till seven, five nights a week. Bob's podcast will be turned into a radio show on Saga 960. That's a community commercial station located in the town of Mississauga, Ontario. Right. It's a very small town. So just a little corner with like a, a four-way stop at Huron, <laughs> Ontario and Dundas. I think. Burnham Thorpe or is it here Matheson and Eglinton? <laughs> I can't remember where Mississauga is, but I know it's big and it has its own radio station. I'm I, making some fun here. I bike this there. isn't one of the big stations in Toronto. This no. isn't a station that gets ratings, for no. example. They won't even be measured in, for ratings. They're not measured for ratings. It's all dashes. But it's a right. community-based, and by that I mean local commercials, people who live and work and play in Mississauga, generally speaking. Okay. And so Mike Richards and David Bastel. Uh, do the morning show there. Sports right. morning show there. Live. And they're good. Yeah, they're and they're, live. They're and they're live. And Richards is great. And very good. And so is Dave Bassel. They're very, and they've oh, been yes. working together for yes. a number of years. Right. Okay. Don't be dissing David Bassel. No, I just haven't met him, so he Pumping wasn't top of Mike mind. Uh, and it is uh, St. Patrick's Day, so Mike Richards right. is a proud Irishman. Anyway, so here's the issue. Bob is already doing a podcast. He does. He goes live on YouTube, and it's a podcast as well. Right. Mike, how difficult would it be to take a podcast which has no commercial breaks at all in the body of the show and no sponsors on the podcast and turn that into a radio show 
for an hour. Oh, not difficult Five at all. Five nights a week. Not difficult at all. Okay. Now, would they be able to generate revenue? Like, for example, if they were to say, well, Bob, we're going to give you six to seven o'clock. You can have the time slot. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't pay you any money. Right. But we can offer you half the commercial inventory that you can sell on your own. Right. So Bob has a stream of revenue from radio. Hopefully he has a stream of revenue from being on YouTube and, and maybe selling ads on his podcast. I don't know. It's him and John Shannon. So you'd have to pay John something, wouldn't he? I mean, John, I'm going to do it for nothing five days a week. And how motivated are you to be working for a station that very few people listen to when you used to have 17,000 people listening to you every second on average for all those years. And you had fantastic ratings and you had a big support staff and you had a producer and you had an associate producer and you had a call screener and, and all that other stuff. Right. But you don't have that now. And you had people stuck in their car already tuning in the station uh, by habit. Like, you know, 590 was the station. A lot of dudes in their car and rush hour would tune in. Uh, I guess, uh, I would say that Bob McCowan's already making this podcast. So him and John are already zooming and recording a podcast. So to, to air this podcast that they're already recording for the podcast listeners. Well, they're only doing three times a week now. Apparently the way this works is the way I saw it was it's going to be five nights a week. Okay. So I'm not sure those guys would go into the studio five days a week no, to do the podcast. They're not three going near enough. the studio. They're not going near the no, studio. Okay. What I'm saying to you is, is that would they say, let's cut this podcast up and we'll air some of it tonight. And then part two tomorrow. Cause if you're going to air a pre-taped a pre-recorded show at six o'clock between six and seven, Monday through Friday. Okay. There's going to be some production that's going to be You got me fired up. Can I drop an F-bomb on your show? I'm all fired up from our previous discussion. Why the fuck would anybody want uh, to take a podcast that they can listen to on demand on their device uh, when it drops? Why would you ever want to listen to that on a shitty AM station that you can only get in the parking lot of Square One and have the sound compressed so it's actually worse audio than you get in the podcast and they're going to insert a bunch of ad breaks and you can listen to a whole bunch, I don't know, some car dealership in uh, Mississauga or something. Why would anyone want to consume the content that way? Okay, good question. I don't have answers. But I am interested in how many people are listening to live radio. I know what my numbers are like. Mike, you know what your numbers are like for podcast downloads, mm-hmm. right? Just the download of the podcast. Sure. That doesn't include how many people are watching or listening on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, right. on Clubhouse or whatever these platforms are. <laughs> I'm not there so yet. when you're measuring your audience, you've got several different sources, So I thought, for example, on radio, because back in the day when there was no internet or podcasting, you had to listen to something live on the radio, unless you taped it and then listened when you came home, which wasn't too often. It was live, live phone calls, live show. And I remember the kind of numbers I had years ago on radio, and they were pretty significant. But now radio is so spaced out and so difficult to get big numbers of people listening at a certain time period, the way it used to be that numbers have really shrunk. Overall listening has shrunk fragmented. So I found out that overdrive on TSN 1050. Right. Averages about 2,700 listeners, males ages 25 to 54 every minute. AMA it's called. Okay. Audience uh, minute. 
uh, average audience minute or something like that. Okay. So, so 2,700 listeners amongst the males ages 25 to 54. Now, so for that, if you're, if your cost per thousand was $25, you said, I'm going to spend $25 in advertising in order to reach 1000 people, 1000 males ages 25 to 54. Right. That's what I'm going to spend 25. Right. That's your target demo is my CPM. Right. And these, and this show has less than 3000 listeners. Then it's costing me about $68 for a 30 second commercial with numbers like that. Okay. Can I pause and ask you that like, that can't be true, right? Like that can't absolutely true, but you can't, I can't go buy a 30 second spot on overdrive for 68 bucks. Like no way. Why don't you try? I should I try? We'll, We'll advertise Hebsey on sports. Why don't you try? Because if you've listened to some of the spots, they're local spots. They're not, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> but some how do you pay for the talent? Some, Just- of them, some of them aren't beautifully produced spots. I'll give you an example. Okay. It's a cold read by one of the TSN announcers, a voice that you would recognize. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Am I here to tell you about five-hour energy? Dot, 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 dot. I drink it. You might have heard of it. There's another one for a pillow company. Hi, I'm so-and-so. You've heard me on. I'm going to tell you the best sleep I've ever had is the da These are cheap commercials to produce, $68 a pop. And I'm not sure that's the rate. But that right. if, you, if your CPM was $25, that's the rate you would be paying. That's the rate that the, that the only way they could sell it with 2,700 listeners, males 25 to 54. That's the only way. For example, mm-hmm. Bob McCowan. Mm-hmm had 17,700 listeners during the same time period in his prime. Do you have any idea how much money that would generate over three hours? Think about that, Mike. Think about what your cost per thousand is. And you've got 17,000, not not three, not 2,700. You've got 17,000 people in that target market A's 25 to 54 males. You can go to your advertisers and go, look at this. And they go, wow, how much is a spot? And you know, well, your CPM's $25. We've got 17,000 listeners. Wow. It seems to me that's about four or $500 a spot, Mike, not $68. Right. About right. Yeah. So I- now you've got four or 500 a spot and now you're running 24 spots per hour, 24 thirties an hour at 400 a spot. Times three hours, times five days a week, 52 weeks a year. How many millions is that you're taking in versus how much are you taking in on overdrive at 68 bucks a pop? And that's why you can advertise on a Toronto radio station with 2,700 listeners in your demographic for well under $100. And if they're charging more, they're not getting very very many uh, sponsors because they're looking at the numbers going, well, wait a minute, my cost per thousand is 50, 60 bucks. I'm not going to spend that much. And can I point out something that might be very obvious, but when, as you know, a radio listener is not as attentive as a podcast listener. Like this is just a fact. Like it might, you might put on the radio and then you might even take a call and maybe you'll, you know, you'll kind of come in and out and you'll be doing other things and you'll focus. Commercial break, weather forecast, traffic. You're not listening as intently. But a podcast listener by nature is it's on demand. So when you have a call, you press pause on your podcast. You do the call, you come back, you press play. It's really, I don't know what you call it. A radio P1 listener. I don't know. It's an attentive uh, passionate listener. So that the 
yeah, I don't understand why anybody is uh, paying for an ad on Overdrive when they could sponsor Hebsey on sports. That's my first thought. <laughs> Thanks. A um, couple other things here before we go, because I know that you, you're a stickler for time, kind of. And you're usually busy and all that. Uh, ESPN and the NHL announced a seven-year deal this week. First time they've been partners since 2004. Included will be 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC early playoff series and one conference final each year four Stanley cup final series on ABC and more than a thousand games a season streaming on ESPN plus ESPN plus and Hulu will be home to 75 ESPN produced exclusive telecasts per seasons season NHL all-star game skills challenge and other special events will be part of this package. The NHL's out of market streaming package, NHL TV is also moving to ESPN Plus. That's a subscription. Mm. So lots of hockey highlights, lots of stories about hockey on ESPN. Maximum coverage for the NHL okay. in America and worldwide. And hopefully, Mike, mm -hmm. coverage of women's professional hockey. Because NBC had agreed to show the final of the women's hockey championship this year, the playoffs. But of course, COVID um, ruined that. And so they, that was one of their things. They needed national coverage. They needed a national platform. Will ESPN step up? Wait, 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 wait. Am I hearing this right? Like right now you're saying, will ESPN step up and cover women's yeah. hockey? But like a half an hour ago, you were complaining that uh, Tim and Friends was covering women's hockey uh, off the top of their... It's a bit different. Because okay. on women's hockey, they were, they were asking for more coverage. I'm asking ESPN, saying, if, you know, if you've got some time in your schedule... It might not be a bad idea to introduce women's hockey to people who, like me, who would normally watch it. Maybe there's a way to present it so it's like, hey, it's hockey, as opposed to it's women's hockey. I think you got to pick a lane, Hepsi. I'm just goofing on you here, but that is funny to hear you make that argument here and uh, go against yourself about it. Because I'm not ago. against women's hockey. What I'm saying is someone has to step up, and I don't want to hear people complaining that no one's stepping up. So I'm going to accelerate the process by saying, Step up, ESPN. All right. The right. NBA has fined Myers Leonard $50,000 and suspended him from using all Miami Heat facilities and activities for one week in response to his use of an anti Semitic term. Should I say the term, Mike? Should well, I use see, I, the expression that he used, Mike? Uh, you have license to do so. Not going to do it. Wouldn't. Uh, but I don't understand. So this is an anti Semitic level. term that uh, this uh, player for the Heat used. Yep. Well, that's bullshit. So he's been suspended for a week, can't use the f heat facilities. Commissioner Adam Silver, who happens to be a member of the tribe, in announcing those sanctions, also said he believes Leonard is, quote, genuinely remorseful for using the slur. And I believe, too. I believe a lot of people say things that they've heard in their lives and really don't know the connotation. They don't know the pain that they're causing. They've heard it. They've been around it before. They, they're just not sensitive to it. And so they have to be educated. Myers Leonard comment was inexcusable and hurtful and such an offensive term has no place in the NBA or in our society, said Adam Silver. Leonard will also be required by the league to participate in cultural diversity programs. He's already met with representatives from the Anti-Defamation League, a prominent Jewish organization that works to stop extremism and delivers anti-bias education. 
This is very important, Mike. Leonard must be punished, but more importantly, he must be educated so that he prevents others from using such harmful and destructive terms. Racism comes in many forms. And to me, the best are, for example, the someone who has quit smoking is the biggest non-smoking advocate. They'll drive you nuts because they've been there before. Or Yul Brenner. Someone who's... Ex- suffered racism uh, or has bullied someone with racist terms or intimidated, they're the ones that have to be educated because they're the ones that are going to turn around and say, Hey man, don't do what I did. They're going to be more vigilant. And I, I hope that's what happens here with Myers Leonard. I hope he goes, look, I really am truly remorseful and I'm going to ensure that this doesn't happen again. And that anyone that I know in my circle of influence that speaks this way, is going to be chastised and um, led to understand that they cannot speak this way and treat people this way. After we stop recording, will you tell me what he said? I actually don't know. No. No? Because I don't have nope. a, okay. Because I have no, no clue. It doesn't really matter. It was a horrible thing. But there is a homophobic you, but I want you to imagine, use. imagine yeah. the most disgusting, distasteful, vile thing that could be said about you and your race, religion, if you were disabled, really hurtful. Okay, okay. Imagine that. And then multiply it by about a thousand. Wow. And you get the idea. You know the N-word, Mike? Yep. Is it so it's the N-word equivalent for uh, a Jewish person? Listen, it's horrible and should never be spoken. That's all Mm -hmm. I'm going to say. Okay, that's enough said for sure. And on that note... Hope you enjoyed the show. That's it for episode 223 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. Listen to his outstanding podcast. He's got some great guests. I listened to the Al Strachan episode the other day. It was very good. Great stories. Yes. Great behind the scenes stories from Hockey Daddy Canada. I didn't know Ron McLean was that uh, disliked by members of the Satellite Hot Stove. Oh, Didn't Strack, know that. Strachan delivered the real talk on that episode, like you did on this episode. You were on fire today, Hebsy. Right. Thanks. If you want to get in touch with me, you got some complaints, bring it on. I'm Hebsy Man on all social media platforms, or you can get me at markhebsher at gmail.com. And check out my YouTube channel, Live from Toronto with Hebsy, where this show exists, but also classic vintage Hebsy Awards as well. Yes, guy. Anyway... Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.